You know, we live in a world of fear. In case you didn't know that. It is everywhere. And so even as we begin this morning, I just want to just touch you a little bit and say, what are you afraid of? What is the fear that's out there? Fear is everywhere. In fact, it is so uh, overwhelming in our culture that we, it, has, it has moved in and we have phobias for everything. <laughs> the, we, are, we have phobias. In fact, we even in society use this phobias against us. Saying, don't be afraid of that because there is this one sense where the world creates fear everywhere. And on this other sense, it says you shouldn't be afraid of anything and accepting all things. But these fears are out there everywhere. You, you realize that there's a fear of orange? And, 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 and okay, I, may, there might be really someone out there that has a fear of orange. This must be a tough season for them. Imagine going into Publix and seeing all orange pumpkins and orange decorations. It's pretty traumatic. But there's a fear. It's called Christophobia. And it, it, just, it just struck me that there's so many fears. There's fears out there in every area. And it's easy to fall into this feeling or sense of fear. But you, you realize something a little different. Is the Scripture actually gives us a fear, a phobia that we should have. You think, uh, does that sound right? But it actually does. The Bible uh, uh, gives us a fear uh, that we should live, but the world calls it something different. The world calls it a theophobia. It's a fear of God. Now, their definition of the fear of God is very different, very different from the fear that we should live. In fact, it's, watch this. In Acts chapter 9, this is the, the early church, the first church. In Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says, The church, that's you and me, people, okay, Church is not a building. Church is who we are. The church was strengthened. Wow, okay, that's good. We, we want to do that. We look back at Acts and say, how can I be like the early church and be strengthened? The church was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord. Whoa. <laughs> the church was strengthened, living in the fear. Now, living there means acting out. <laughs> living isn't something you just, it's not a reaction. That's the world's fear. The world's fear is, ooh, scared, <laughs> you know. But the the fear that God has is very different. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So you have the power of God himself, the Holy Spirit, moving, interacting with this understanding of the fear of the Lord. In fact, it increased so much that it increased the numbers of the early church as they lived in fear. So they were strengthened, and they were increased in numbers. They grew. There was like a revival, a reformation. They changed their society. They changed their families. They changed everything around them. And this all happened because they were willing to live in the fear of the Lord. And you think about that, and you think, that's, that, that's, that's crazy that fear of the Lord causes the church to grow. And you think, no, 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 wait a minute. I, I'm confused. And I can see it on your faces. <laughs> Think, wait, wait a minute. Because the Bible, doesn't the Bible say that there's fear? How can fear cause great growth? Doesn't the Bible say that there shouldn't be any fear, that we shouldn't have any fear at all? And that's a good question. Let's look at that. In 1 John chapter 4, the Bible, it, it says in verse 18, there is no fear in love. You say, oh, there you go. So what is this, some kind of Old Testament Fear of the Lord and the New Testament love, you know, and love is one out and love wins and now it's all about that and, and there's no more fear of the Lord. Is, 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 that what, is that what we're talking about? No, this isn't an old versus a new because you got to follow through on this verse because it explains everything. It says there is no fear 
in love, but perfect love, it literally means mature love, growing love, developed love, love that acts out, love that actually does things, drives out fear. Okay, well, wait a minute. How can we have the fear of the Lord and that the love that we have <laughs> drives out fear? Which is it? Well, then everything comes clear when you go on a little bit and you read the rest of the verse. It says, because fear, this kind of fear, the fear that love drives out, the fear that's in the world, the fear that your neighbors and your, sometimes your own family lives with, this kind of fear has to do with punishment. Now we begin to understand the definition of theophobia, the way the world looks at it. Because if you go to Wikipedia or whatever, the Internet, and type in your Chrome and theophobia, then it says, it doesn't just say the fear of God. It says the fear of God's wrath, the fear of punishment, the fear of God just going to squash me like a bug. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the fear. And that we do not live in that fear because the fear of the Lord is not a fear of punishment. It's something different. It's something greater. It's something beyond. It is something uh, so much beyond what we can even imagine. And a lot of times we can confuse it with this theophobia, the fear of God's wrath, and the fear of the Lord that the Bible talks about. What is it about? How do we understand this? In fact, do you realize that the Bible teaches us that the fear of the Lord is actually the treasure key to unlock every blessing, every good thing in your life? Wow. It's, it's a treasure key? And I, I just want to talk about how the fear of the Lord in your life, everyday life, is really the treasure key to unlock so much life that God has for you. We, uh, are in, we live in a society that you look around and you really worry about the next generation. You, you, you see parents that are, you know, nominally go to church or come in and out and they're okay. And then the children that, that look and say, I don't want any part of that. And rejecting God and rejecting, and you look around and you say, God, how can you do, how can you move? How can you uh, help my family? How can you actually move in, in, in this? And I believe God wants to do this in our time. God wants to do it. God, is it possible for you to move? I, it was so great that you had revival in the early church. That's just oh, so good. And I've read and I've studied about reformations, about revivals, about all of these things. And those are amazing. But what about now? What about our time? What about this place, this community, this nation, this family? What about here, God? Are you hungry for that kind of revival? Are you hungry for what God can do in your life, in your family, in your children, in your parents, in your neighborhood? Can you, can you see that? Can you hunger for that? You see, a treasure key is amazing because it can unlock the door to, to, to all the things that you want, Right? A great a, a key can unlock the, the treasure to the room, and, and it, it's really powerful. But if I have a key, and it's sitting on the table, and it just sits on the table, it's nothing than a paperweight. And a lot of times we don't understand the fear of God. We don't understand what God's really doing in our life, or we confuse it with this theophobia of God's wrath, and, oh, I don't, don't know what God's doing. And it just sits on the table, and it doesn't do anything. And I believe God wants us to do something with it. The fear of the Lord works when it's activated, when it actually has control of what's going on in your life. I want to begin with Isaiah 33, 6. It's such a great verse. The prophet Isaiah is talking to Hezekiah, who is just a basket case. These things are going really bad, as, as it often did in the Old Testament. So here it is, and it comes, and this is what he says. He says that God, 
This is what he's talking about. God will be a sure foundation. Oh, what are you just saying about that? God, God, God's our foundation, right? God is going to be your foundation. Watch this. I love this. For your times. And I, and I think that's true. It was for Hezekiah's time. It was for uh, Isaiah's time. But it's for our time. I love the way that the, the Scripture can come alive. For your family. For your neighborhood. For, your, for, your, for everything that God's doing. A rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Salvation is a foundation of all things. Wisdom is growing in the things and growing up stronger. And knowledge is being able to share with other people. So God is a foundation for your time, for salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. That's what he says. He says, okay, there it is. And everyone's going, yeah, I want that. I want the wisdom. I want the knowledge. I want salvation. Oh, that's, do that, Lord. Do that, Lord. Do that in my time. Do that in my family. And he says, well, here's the key. Pick it up and use it. But the key to that, the key that turns all this is the fear of the Lord. And you might wonder, Greg, how in the world does the fear of the Lord do that? How, how can it be the treasure for my family? How can it be the treasure key to unlock what God is trying to do? How, how can God do that? I want us to look at, at Psalms 111.10. There's so many scriptures. Literally, we could be here all day and just talk about the scriptures over and over that God says, this is what fear of the Lord is. He, he doesn't leave it like, well, I don't know what that means, and we just move on. No, no, no. It's, it's so clear. It says it in, in Psalms 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of the path. In other words, what's clear from this verse is to understand the fear of the Lord is something you walk in. It's not just something you know. It's just not knowledge you grab a hold of. It's something that you live out. It's, it's, it's something that is a pathway for you. It's a pathway for right living. That's the fear of the Lord. It can't be afraid of, ooh, I'm afraid God's going to leave me behind, or I'm afraid God's going to beat me up because I messed up. That is not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is something bigger, something greater, something more profound in our life that helps us understand this is how I live. You see, if it's not being applied to I live different because of the fear of the Lord, then all of a sudden you are doing your own thing. Psalms 34, 9 talks about the incredible benefits and everything that God does. The fear of the Lord, fear the Lord, for those who fear him, who have the fear of the Lord, will lack nothing. Okay, you gotta, if there's any verse you get excited about, that's the one you want to get excited about. Okay, I'll take that one. <laughs> Sometimes we pick and choose, I don't want that verse, but I like that one. There it is, there it is. The fear of the Lord is, 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 gives us so much. And over and over, Scripture describes the fear of the Lord as a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord helps us actually to push and resist evil. The fear of the Lord actually gives life. The fear of the Lord helps us and gives us rest. If you're in turmoil, if you're broken, if things are going crazy, the fear of the Lord actually brings you rest. It's, it's amazing. But it's not just a list. Okay, so whatever your problem is, whatever your need is, you can go on the Internet and get, get 2,000 lists. You notice how they always list something? You want to change your way? You want to change your attitude? You want to change your... Spouse, whatever. You, you, there's a list for everything. I'm not saying they're all good lists. I'm just saying there's a list for everything. But how many know you read that list, and if you just read it as a list, you're not going to change? Don't do this, do this, eat this, don't, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You go through that list. Okay, I got that list. I got that list. I got, and then you close your phone and 
close the app and you move on and nothing changes. Because a list will not change you, but action will. And see, the fear of the Lord is not a list. Don't do that. Don't live this way. That's not the fear. The fear of the Lord are action points. This is how you respond in situations. This is how you think differently. This is how you behave differently. And let me just begin with just this first simple thought. The, the treasure key to God's moving is our submission to his authority. It's really about what we do, how we live. And you're thinking, oh, man, he's talking about authority and fear of God and submission. <laughs> Pretty scary morning. But if we understand the life that's there, if we understand what God is actually saying, it's completely different. I love the story. It's in Luke. Um, and Jesus is walking along with his disciples, as he does. He's walking along, and all of a sudden there was 10 uh, men with leprosy. They were off at a distance because they couldn't even get close. They weren't allowed to intermingle because it was so contagious. And as they saw Jesus, somehow they knew who he was, and they started calling out, Jesus, 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 have mercy on us. Have pity on us. Jesus, Jesus. It really, really loud. Of course, probably freaked out the disciples thinking, oh, they're going to come over. But Jesus saw them and just does this amazing thing. He says, okay. He says, you're healed. You are healed. Go and show yourself to the priest. Now, that was necessary because if you have a skin disease that's contagious, you can't, you know, be in society unless the priest who has the authority has the right to release you. You, you hear that? So he said, okay, go show yourself to the priest. And they started to go. Now, let me just pull this little verse, verse 15 of Luke 17. It says that one of them, <laughs> okay, the world is always changed by one of them. Your family will be changed by one of them. Your society, your neighborhood, your heart, your family will be changed by someone saying, God, you got to do something. God, there's, this has got to be different. So one of them was walking along and said, wait, wait. It says when he saw he was healed. Okay, this is fascinating. Did the others not see they were healed? Oh, they most certainly did. And I can just imagine there's 10 of them, and they're walking along. And he goes, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm healed. And he said, yes, that's great. So are we. You know, look, it's all gone. I'm, I'm, it even grew back. Because <laughs> that's what God does, you know. Things that fall off, all of a sudden there's limbs. Here. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And they're all excited. And he said, no, no, no. I'm healed. And they said, Yes, we all are, so let's go to the priest so we can go on with our life. And they started going. He says, no, you don't understand. I'm healed. What did he see that they did not? Because they were all healed. So he saw something greater. He saw something more. He saw something beyond. He saw something, and they began to go, and he says, I got to go. Hey, this is where you got to go. You got to go to the priest. You can't go anywhere without the priest because he has the authority. <laughs> and, I, and I think this man said, no, no, no. The one that healed me has the authority. There's another authority here. I need to go back and start turning around and start shouting praises and running toward Jesus. <laughs> the disciples were totally freak, freaked out about this at this time. And comes up because, you see, this is what he understood. He understood who really had the authority. Jesus had the authority. Now watch this. Authority always, 
always releases submission. Authority does not demand, or it could, (laughs) but that's not successful submission. But authority releases the power to submit. When we begin to see who the authority is in our life, then it's not, oh, I got to submit. Hate it when God makes me do that. <laughs> and that one wasn't going back to, oh, man, I got to go thank Jesus. <laughs> you know, no, no, he was jumping up and down. He was shouting. He was yelling. And he ran and he fell on his face right before Jesus on, right on his feet before Jesus' feet. On his face before Jesus' feet. There you go. We got it. <laughs> Why? Because he knew who had authority. Was submission hard? Oh, no. You see, I think sometimes we don't understand how do we say, okay, Lord, I'll do it your way. I'll go your way. I'll commit to your path. I won't live that sin. I'll quit excusing that behavior because you have the authority. It's you that has the authority. And you say, well, Greg, how do you know it wasn't about healing? Maybe this is really about healing. I'll prove it to you. Because if this this was only about healing, the verse says, and as they went, they were cleansed. It would end right there. Yay! (laughs) That's the ending. (laughs) No epilogue, no nothing. There it is. They went, they were cleansed because it was about healing. But it goes on. And you see, in Jesus' stories, in Jesus' life, the punchline's always at the end. (laughs) Sometimes we miss the punchline. And if you're not careful, you can miss the punchline, and you can think this is, uh, this is about, uh, you know, healing. No, no. It, w- does God want us healed? Yes. Does God want you healed? Yes. But it's not about that. It's not just about, will God heal you? Yes. Does God delight in healing you? Yes. But it's not about that. It's not about all taking care of all your needs and so that you lack nothing. That is good. That is good. But you know what it's really about is our understanding something deeper He came back praising with a loud voice. I love this part. Submitting with a loud voice. (laughs) Praising God. You know, sometimes it's easy to go, God, okay, I'll submit to you. Do what you want. Whatever you you say, God. And we just want to do it on the download. Come on. Listen to what I'm saying. (laughs) Just do it on the side. Do it a little bit here. Go, okay, do that. Yeah, that way, you know, if it didn't work out, wait, did I I say that? (laughs) I I didn't didn't really mean that. I I meant this. But he came back, and it was clear, you are the authority. You are God because you healed me, and I understand that, and he willingly submitted to him. Don't do it silently. He did it with a shout. He did it with a shout. God wants us to be well, but more than important, God wants us to understand the authority, and the fear of the Lord is not just about authority over your sickness. He has it. He made us. God can do it. It's not just authority over your problems or over your struggles. Does God care about your struggles? Yes. Does God want to heal your struggles? Yes. Do we pray every single day? Yes. I pray every single uh, day for you and for what God's doing. God does that. I believe that. But it's something so much more. And it's not even authority over the spiritual powers and not even authority over demons, even though we act like little demons. It's over us. It's over us. And when his authority is over us, 
the authority of God just begins to flow out everywhere over our sickness, over our struggles, over our pain. But it first has to start with, God, you have me. You see, the treasure key to God's moving in our lives is about submission of us. It's about our submission. That's what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is not to punish you. The fear of the Lord is that, God, you are king. You are Lord. Even when nobody sees it. Even when it's just buried deep in your heart. And no one would ever know you thought that or you did that. What can control that but only the fear of God? What can, what can take sin and, and convict us and so we go, I don't want to live that way, but the fear of God. See, that's what fear of the Lord is. Say, God, I submit to you. Jesus told a story. In, he, he talked about uh, a master who was going away and gave his servants some money. Sometimes it's described in the Bible, it's in a couple of books there about five go- bag, uh, uh, bags of gold or uh, minus, which is a, a unit of weight. But to one, he gives five bags of gold and says, use that, do that, further my, my, my kingdom. To another, he gives two, to another, he gives one. He goes away. The one with five uses it, invests it. The one with two does the same. The one with one buries it. So the master comes back. The one with five says, hey, I got five. I got five more. <laughs> Here it is. That's well done. Good job. The one with just, I, you, get, you only gave me two. But I took what you gave me. I took what, what you put in my hands. And here's two more. He says, well done. Good job. Good job. And then we come to the one. Again, it's always about the one. The one that says, I got to go back, submit to his authority. Or the one that says, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to act my way. And you think, well, what is this really all about? What is this story? What is Jesus really trying to say? Remember, it's a, the punchline's always at the end. And in Luke 19, verse 21, this is what Jesus said, the one said, I was afraid of you. So, okay, he had fear. He had fear of this master. So that's good, right? I was afraid of you. Well, you got to keep going. Because you take out what you did not put in. And you reap what you did not sow. So Jesus makes it real clear what this man's fear was about. He was afraid he was going to do all that work and gain even one more, and it wouldn't be his. Because he has to give it. Just like the five gave the ten and the two gave the four, the one would have to give the two because it would all belong to the master. And he says, it's not right. I work hard for what I do. I work hard. And it's not right that you just take which is not yours. So what was his, his issue? His issue was, was not that he was afraid, oh, if I mess up, he's going to take it away. <laughs> no. Because the, the, Jesus said, the master said, well, fine, just put it in the bank. <laughs> just put it, let it, let, you know. So, it's, so you can't screw it up. You can blame it on the bank. <laughs> we love blaming the bank, don't we? It's really good. Anyway, put it in the bank. He said, no, no. So the problem wasn't that. The problem wasn't fear of failure. The problem was the fear of authority. That this master would have all this, this gain, 
and he didn't want to give it up. Now, what's really interesting is he had to give the one back. He was given the one, he was given the one back. And sometimes people live this way. God, you gave me this life, but I'm going to live my life. And when I die, there you go, you have my heart. But in between is all mine because I'm not giving you what's mine. When we live in the fear of God, we begin to understand it's how we live every day. It's how we submit to his authority every day. And saying, God, here it is. Man, I screwed up. I lost everything, but it's yours. You see, when you get to the point that you've lost everything and you still give it to God, then you begin to understand the fear of God and what he did. You see, the lack of authority came from a sense that you don't deserve what I have. And rejected the authority. Do we live in that fear? Do we have the world's fear, that world's phobia, or do we have an understanding of God? I'm going to live in your fear. I'm going to live in the fear of the Lord, which isn't there to punish me or beat me up, but it's there to remind me you're in charge. Such a simple message. It's about, God, you're in charge. It's your money. It's your family. Sometimes it's easier to give God our money than it is our family or our hurts or our failures or our sin. That's what it's about. God, here it is. And that's the beauty of living in God's fear. It's all of a sudden you say, God, it's all yours. I trust you. I'm walking every day. It's a path. It's a beginning of wisdom. The the fear of knowledge is the beginning of growing in God. It's the beginning. So this morning, what's the challenge? Just take one step. God, it's yours. Give him your life. Maybe anew and afresh. Give him your fears. Give him your dreams. Give him your hopes. Give him your families. Give him your failures. Give him your sins. Because he is love. And his love will drive out all the fear of failure and rejection and fill us with all and a respect and understanding of what it really means to live in the presence of God. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you so much. God, I, I want your spirit to just encourage every single person right now, every single person listening, Let them know how much you love them. And Father, we fight and we hit our head against the wall so often because we're trying to do it our own self instead of surrendering to you, allowing you to be the authority in our life. The authority that sees even when no one else does the very depths of our heart. And God, we give that to you. I pray for every single person in this room or on the internet that's watching right now, that's watching this maybe a month from now, it doesn't matter, God, right now, right now in their life, if they haven't surrendered everything to you, I pray with all of my heart that they would pray with me and say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you all that I am. Have your authority in my heart. And for all of us, God, that live and are struggling to, to, to serve you with all of our heart and to declare ourselves your people, God, I pray you would encourage us 
to live every day under that beautiful understanding of the fear of the Lord in our hearts. I give you praise for that and thanks for every single soul and every single heart. In the name of Jesus, amen.